An interesting discussion here. First the question was asked that even the wise people we find that they also seem to be in the same world and doing essentially similar things. So what is it that you gain by this knowledge? So what we gain by the knowledge is this nischaya, samyak nischaya. One person knows the truth as truth, the wise man, and the other person takes the mithya as truth. That's the only difference. So one knows the reality. Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya. So Sati Sat Buddhihi Asati Asat Buddhihi. It is like the part is the same which is perceived by two persons. One knows the part to be clay, other one takes the part to be different from clay. That's the only difference. So the way the part is treated will be the same by both. Both will use the part for filling water and so on and so forth. But as far as the knowledge is concerned, that is where the difference is. And so, when the world is known to be mithya, it is no more a problem, meaning it does not create any way the sense of division or whatever, that isolation and whatever problems are created on account of giving reality to the world, those problems are not there for the wise man. So, again, the problems are of two kinds. One of the problems centered upon I, others are the problems centered upon this or rhythm. And so this problem of what we call sadness and so on and so forth, so these are all the problems centered upon I. Problem of hunger and thirst and so forth are problems centered upon this. Those things continue to remain both for the wise and the otherwise. But the problems centered upon I which were projected on account of ignorance, they go away. So difference is only in nischaya. Svasva nischayato vaddha mukto hamchaiti manyate. It is by the one's knowledge or understanding that one is free or by the opposite understanding that one is bound. So bondage and freedom is not to be seen in the physical phenomenon or as some kind of a uh, physical transformation or whatever. It is a transformation in one's vision. No doubt there is a great transformation, transformation in the vision. So one knows what is Sat as Sat and Asat as Asat. The other one takes the Asat to be Sat. This is the main difference. <clears throat> now, another discussion which was started in the morning is, so how do you come up with this ascertainment of Advaita? That non-dual is the truth, how do you arrive at the ascertainment? Because you don't see the non-dual. So, he said that this Advaitam Aradvitiyam, that Brahman is non-dual and that that is the truth, is the nischaya or is something that is in the scriptures and it cannot become really a matter of practical experience because no one can perceive Advaitam. So how can it become a nischaya, meaning how can it become my knowledge? It is a knowledge of scriptures, all right. It cannot become my knowledge because Advaitam or Advaitam can never become an object of my knowledge. So how do you arrive at the Advaita nischaya? That Brahman or Advaitam is Satyam is truth. How do you arrive at that? Ascertainment, that is the question here. <coughs> so it was said in the verse 242, Na Advaitam Aparoksham Che, it says, so Advaitam or the non-dual, is not Aparoksham, meaning is not something that is directly known or perceived by you. Then we say, Na Chidrupena Bhasanat. Who says that Brahman you do not perceive? Is Brahman alone you perceive? Chidrupena Bhasanat. Ghatas Purati, Padas Purati. When the pot shines, when the cloth shines, then what shines is Brahman alone. So Brahman alone is perceived in every experience 
as the chit or the awareness because of which an object shines or which shines through the madhyam medium of an object. Asheshena bhatam chet, but he says, okay, you know it partially. So, Brahman is satyam jnana manantam. His truth, his awareness is limitless. Of that one aspect is known to you, namely chit. So that when the pot shines, when the cloth shines, all right, what shines is awareness. However, still you do not know that anantam, that limitless or the non-dual you do not know. So you see the Advaitam or you see Brahman shining through the cloth and so on and so forth, but you do not see what you call the limitless or non-dual. So you have only partial knowledge of Advaitam and not the, the full knowledge. So that is why, how do you arrive at the ascertainment that Advaitam or non-dual is truth? By partial knowledge, how can you arrive at it? So our question is, how did you arrive at the truthfulness or reality of duality? Are you trying to tell us that you can see the duality in its totality? Have you seen this duality in its totality for you to say that duality is real? Now, how did you arrive at the reality of Dvaitam? This is a question. He says, how can you arrive at the ascertainment that Dvaita is truth? We say, how did you arrive at the ascertainment that Dvaita is truth? Dvaitam kim bhasade akhilam? The question of the Siddhant is, have you seen Dvaita or the duality in all its aspects for you to have to come to conclusion that duality is real? He says, no, even duality also cannot be perceived completely. What our intellect or mind can perceive is only a fraction. Whatever we can perceive through eyes and ears and so on and so forth, that's all of the duality that we can see. Our mind can perceive only one thing at a time. And that too it only can perceive one aspect at a time. Only when we see the scientific experiments we know what all lies beyond our perception anyway. So with microscopes and with telescopes what all you can see, you don't even know what all exists. We don't know how far the universe is. Hundred billion galaxies, each consisting of hundred billion stars, I mean, I don't know how you even calculate this. And nobody knows that that necessarily is the whole universe. And they pretty much believe, feel, that this Hubble and all these bigger, big microscopes, I mean telescopes, which are now landed into space, with that you might be able to come to discover the boundaries, which are much beyond and beyond what we think is there. And so even Dvaitam also, a fraction of it is known to you. And what can be known is only through human eyes. You don't know how a bee looks at the world you know, or how a dog looks at the world. So bees have ultraviolet eyes, you know, and so forth. What do we know? How a mosquito, how does, how does his world appear to a mosquito? You'll never know it. The point is, that of the dual world, what all we know is just a fraction. You cannot say it is even a tip of an iceberg. Even that may be too much. Just know a very fraction. And therefore, there is the same, Sakalyena mana bhana bhavaha dvaitevi samanaha. If you say that we cannot ascertain the reality of Advaitya, Advaita, we say that you do not have ground to ascertain the reality of Dvaita also because you haven't seen Dvaita in its totality. You cannot first of all comprehend it by your mind and even one thing you cannot know it in totality because to know one thing you have to know every conceivable thing. All standpoints you will have to know and there are infinite standpoints for looking at a thing. And even if you know how a bee sees it and how, even then, how you see it when you are happy is one thing. And how you see it when you are unhappy is another thing, you know. And so, 
how will you know if you know after all your evaluation of thing is this varies and therefore in different states of mind it varies and where i am sitting from what angle i look at it and in, in, in you know whether it's a scientist who is looking at it or a, uh, a householder is looking at it, who is looking at it a philosopher is looking at it is all perception is going to be different and therefore even duality also is a new still has come to the knowledge or ascertainment that duality is real how did you do that you know this is a question <coughs> so now continuing it is said evam dosha samyam abhidaya parihara samyam this is to shake our intellect from its rooted conclusions understand we have all these conclusions that i am limited how did you, have you seen atma who is limited when did you see him have you seen an atma who is sad or limited or born or dying you cannot you cannot stumble upon atma you cannot come across atma and still you all conclusion on atma that i am this and i am that how did you come to this conclusion without having seen atma you come to conclusion about atma and similarly without having seen dvaita you come to conclusion about dvaita so these conclusions are all rooted in our intellect avichara siddha samsara we have not really we stopped to make an inquiry into our conclusions we just taken things for granted and then the whole samsara is built upon that and so dvaita is just taken for granted because i mean what reason do we have to say that duality or division is real we do not have <clears throat> so this is just making i mean you know in fact uh, going into the process is thinking process of our mind and see how mind doesn't think or it thinks wrongly when we understand this mechanism of the thinking process then we can correct it that's the whole idea because vichara alone if avichara is samsara then vichara alone is mukti there is nothing else there is no other bondage other than avichara and so what mukti is is nothing but vichara so that is why vedantis believes that this is the process of really shaking up all our conclusions and becoming free from them this is a process of freedom as we see a a false conclusion as false conclusion that's all when it goes away so if you see a notion as a notion well no problem then it no more remains a problem only when a notion is taken to be reality then it's a problem when a notion is known as a notion that's all you're free from that and that is called freedom there is no other freedom it's not that i'm going to fly when i become free or i'm going to jump when i become free it is that i am free from all these notions which i just created by my own mind out of ignorance that's all <clears throat> okay so evam dosha samyam abhidaya saying that dosha or the problem is the same between dvaita and advaita that both are only partially known and therefore if you say that we cannot arrive at the reality of advaita we say that you do not have ground to arrive at reality of dvaita either then parihara samyam and therefore parihara means the elimination of dosha also is equal that's what he said in the verse 243 ding matrena vibhananto dvayorapi samam khalu dvaita siddhivadat dvaita सिद्धिस्तेतावतानकिं 
दिंगमात्रेण विभानम तो द्वयो अभी समम खलो वट इज दिंग दिंग मीन दिश दिग दिग मीन्स डायरेक्शन दिंग मात्रेण एक विभानम दैट अद्वैत और ब्रह्मन आल्सो वन एस्पेक्ट ऑफ इट इज नोन इन चित एस्पेक्ट नॉट नोन इन इज टोटालिटी बिकॉज माइंड कैनॉट कॉम्प्रीहेंड द प्योर कॉन्शियसनेस इन फैक्ट द एक्जिस्टेंस इन कॉन्शियसनेस ऑफ ब्रह्मन दैट वी कॉम्प्रीहेंड इज ओनली कंडीशन सन घट सन पट सन हस्ती द्लॉथ इज फॉट इज एलिफेंट इज बट इज नेक्सिस्टेंस दैट इज परसीव बायली कंडीशन बाय घट पट हस्ती अनकंडीशन एक्सिस्टेंस यू कैनॉट परसीव और वेन यू से दैट ए फॉट शाइन्स ए क्लॉथ शाइन्स एन एलिफेंट शाइन्स दैट शाइनिंग और चित ऑल्सो इज ओनली कंडीशन सो अनकंडीशन सत और चित कैनॉट बी परसीव सो वॉट वी परसीव विथ रेफरेंस टू ब्रमन ऑल्सो इज पार्शल then what we reference perceive with reference to duality also is partial because it is beyond the comprehension of mind and it is beyond the scope of mind mind has a very limited ability and therefore duality which is which is all space and time can never be comprehended by the mind so ekadeshena dvayoh dvaita dvaitayoh vibhanam tu samam meaning that we have only partial knowledge and that aspect is common with reference to dvaita and advaita both etavata katham parihara samyam all right by this statement how do you say that this is dosha dosha means a, a defect involved then the parihara means refuting you know that dosha also is i is equal in both the cases how dvaita siddhivad advaita siddhiste tavata kim ते मीन्स तव पक्षे तवता एक प्रतीति सद्भावत सिद्धिवत्त निश्चय अद्वैत सिद्धि अद्वैत निश्चय किं नियरली बाय ए लिटिल पार्सल नॉलेज ऑफ द्वैत ऑफ द डिवालिटी वेन यू हम टू दिस कंक्लूजन दट डिवालिटी इज रियल मीनिंग इफ जस्ट पार्शल परसेप्शन कैन एनेबल यू टू एसर्ट इन द रियालिटी ऑफ अवन थिंग then why not partial perception of brahman or advaita should lead you to the reality of advaita so dosha meaning both of them are only partially known that is common and then if you say that advaita is real even though you partially see it well advaita also should be real for you because you partially see it and so parihara samyam and so if you say that we we take the dvaita as real well you must know advaita also to be real by the same token by the same line of argument <coughs> and the idea is therefore in fact you cannot arrive at duality also as, as they say if somebody says i don't believe in god if you cannot prove god you cannot disprove god also if you cannot prove non duality you cannot prove duality also and so i mean reality of duality cannot be proven also if you cannot prove reality of non dual you cannot prove the reality of duality also because nobody has perceived it <coughs> okay now purvaadi prakarantarena advaita asiddhim shankate and just a technical point here prakarantarena by another method advaita asiddhim in another way the purvapakshi or the opponent wants to say that you cannot establish advaita you cannot ascertain advaita by other method he says in the verse 244 
ద్వైతేన హీనమద్వైతం ద్వైతజ్ఞానే కథంతిదం చిద్భానం త్వరోధ్యస్య టీకాద్వైతం ద్వైతరహితం ద్వైతైన హీనం మీన్స్ ద్వైతరహితం సో అద్వైత నాన్ డివాల్ ఏజ్ కెన్ బి పర్సీవ్డ్ ఓన్లీ ఇన్ ఆప్షన్స్ ఆఫ్ నాన్ డివాలిటీ మీన్స్ ఆప్షన్స్ ఆఫ్ డివాలిటీ ఆ ఇస్ దాట్ నో అద్వైత సో అ కెన్ బి ఇంటర్ప్రిటెడ్ ఎస్ ఆప్షన్స్ యూ డిస్కసింగ్ ఎస్టడే ఇట్ కెన్ బి అప్రీషియేటెడ్ ఆల్సో యాజ్ డిఫరెంట్ ఆర్ అపోజ్ ఆర్ ఆప్షన్స్ ఎట్సెట్రా హీ సేజ్ అద్వైత ఇస్ దాట్ విచ్ ఈస్ డివాయిడ్ ఆఫ్ ద్వైత పరస్పర విరోధ So really speaking, when there is perception of dvaita or duality, there cannot be perception of non-dual. So if dvaita or the non-dual is something that is opposed to dvaita, like light and darkness, then one cannot be where the other is. And so he would say that when we perceive this world of duality, at that time since a non-dual is something that is opposed to dual, there should not have been perception of a non-duality when we perceive the duality. ఓకే సో ద్వైతజ్ఞానే కథంతు ఇదం దాట్ ద టీకాకర్ ఎక్స్ప్లెయిన్స్ తథాసతి మీనింగ్ దేర్ బీయింగ్ ఫ్రమ్ కాంట్రీ టు ఇచ్ అదర్ ఫోర్స్ టు ఇచ్ అదర్ ద్వైత జ్ఞానం ఇస్ ద్వైత ప్రతీతౌ వెన్ యూ పర్సీవ్ ద ద్వైత డివాలిటీ ఇదం ఇదం మీన్స్ అద్వైతం కథం మీనింగ్ న సంభవతి ది నాన్ డివల్ కెనాట్ బి సో హీ సేస్ దెన్ వీ టెలిం నను తర్హి ద్వైతస్యాపి అద్వైత విరోధిత్వాత్ అద్వైత ప్రతిభాసమానే ద్వైతస్య అసిద్ధి చోద్యం సమానం ఇది ఆశంక దిస్ ఇస్ వాట్ యూ హే దెన్ ద్వైతస్యాపి అద్వైత విరోధిత్వాత్ ఇఫ్ అద్వైతం ఇస్ అపోజ్ టు ద్వైతం దెన్ ద్వైతం ఇస్ అపోజ్ టు అద్వైతం సో అద్వైతస్యాపి అద్వైత విరోధిత్వాత్ ఇన్ ద్వైత డివాలిటీ ఆల్సో ఇస్ అపోజ్ టు ద నాన్ డివర్ అద్వైత ప్రతిభాసమానే ద్వైతస్య అసిద్ధి దెన్ ఇట్ షుడ్ హ్యాపన్ దాట్ when advaita pratibhasamane when advaitam is perceived then there should not be perception of dvaita so you say when there is perception of dvaita and there should be no perception of dvaita then we say that when there is perception of dvaita there should not be perception of dvaita so chodyam samanam that means this question is equal in both of them so again both of them are in the same category and so if you say that dvaita is real there is equal ground to say that advaita also is real so we say ఆశంక్యాహూర్వాధనీస్ 
asya dvaitasya avirodhi. However, even when you perceive the dvaita or the duality, we still perceive a chit or consciousness which is advaita, and therefore your advaita is not opposed to dvaita. And therefore they do not they do not have the same basis. The idea is that if you say that dvaita and advaita have the same basis, and if you can ascertain the reality of dvaita, you should be able to ascertain the reality of advaita. He says, no, both of them do not enjoy the same status. Ubhe asame, both of them do not enjoy the same status because even though the dvaita or the duality is absent when advaita is there, advaita is not absent when dvaita is, and therefore both are not in the same, both do not enjoy the same status, and therefore we can say that we can arrive at the reality of dvaita, but not arrive at the reality of advaita. This is the question. Says the Tikagara Bhavanmade, Chidrupa Pratiteheva Advaita Pratitatva Pratitatva Tasyahacha Dvaita Varodhitva Abhavatma Vayaho Samyamiti Bhavaha. So Bhavan Mate meaning Vedanti Mate, Siddhanti Mate. In the opinion of the Siddhanti, Chidrupa Pratiteheva Advaita Pratitatva. You say that whenever there is a Pratiti or perception, that when the pot shines, when the cloth shines, when the different objects shine, that what shines or that a shining is nothing but Advaitam. That means that along with the dualities, Advaitam shines. Tasyahacha Advaita Varodhitva Abhavat. That shows that your Advaita, the non-dual, is not opposed to Advaita. Although it should be. No, Uhayohu Samyam. Therefore, our duality is opposed to your Advaita, and your Advaita is not opposed to our duality, and therefore both of them do not enjoy the same status. If they do not enjoy the same status, then criteria of arriving at the reality should not equally apply to them. Therefore, you cannot say that. The, that Dvaita also is real if Dvaita is real because both of them do not enjoy the same status. Just a technical point. And the point that is to be made here is that Advaita or the non-dual is not absence of duality. Non-dual is in spite of duality. The non-dual is when the duality is and non-dual is even when the duality is not. This is the point here. And therefore even when there is perception of the world or the duality that is not the denial of the non-dual because Advaita is that which is Abhajitam, which is Satyam. So Mithya cannot really oppose the Satyam because Mithya cannot be unless Satya is. So I am there whether my reflection is there or not. But my reflection cannot be unless I am. So I am not opposed to my reflection. I do not depend upon my reflection but my reflection totally depends upon me. And therefore Dvaita and Advaita do not, do not enjoy the same degree of reality. They do not have samana satta. The relationship between them is one between satya and mitya. This is the point that the Vedantin is trying to make here. <coughs> Says in the next verse, Pratiyamasya abhidvaitasya vastavatva bhavat na vastava advaita vighaditva miti pariharati siddhanti. Pratiyamasya abhidvaitasya. Even the duality which is pratiyamana meaning which is perceived. Vastavattva abhavat, even though the world is perceived, it is not real. So what is perceived need not be real, abhavat, and what is not perceived need not be non-existent. So if Brahma is not perceived, it doesn't have to be non-existent, and just because the world is perceived doesn't establish its reality. Pratiyamanasyabhi dvaitasya vastavattva abhavat, na vastava advaita vighaditvam, and therefore, yes, if the duality were real, then we would have to say that when the duality is perceived, 
the non-dual is not. But the duality that is perceived is not real, and therefore even the perception of duality does not deny the non-dual. Na vastava advaita vighatitvam. Vighatitvam means it doesn't destroy the advaita or doesn't, it doesn't in any way hurt the advaita. So perception of duality does not hurt the non-dual. Iti pariharati siddhan. This is how the siddhan, the answers in the verse 245. Evam tarhishranudvaitam Evamtarhi, this is how the Siddhanti answers him. Evamtarhi, this is what you have to say that Advaita is not opposed to Dvaita, then fine, listen. Shunu. Dvaitam asan asat. What is Dvaitam? Asat. Maya mayatvataha. Why? Maya mayatvataha. What is this duality? Duality being of the nature of Maya, it is asat or unreal. Maya mayam, wherever you look, Maya mayam is the makhilam buddhva, brahmapadam tvam pravisha viditva. Bhajagovindam, he says, may you come to know that everything is maya. Wherever you look, you see only maya or magic or inscrutability. What is maya? Maya can be said to be magic or it can be said to be inscrutability. Wherever you see, you cannot scrutinize anything. You cannot define anything as such and such. We do give names to different things, but they are only provisional names. You call it a, you call this a table and a chair and so on and so forth, that is all right for the purpose of Vyavahara. But really, you cannot define this object as table, that definition will not stand scrutiny. Because someone else can call it wood, and you cannot deny that this is not wood. And so it is wood or table, you have to say it is wood, and if someone says it is atoms, you can't deny that again, and therefore you cannot really determine a given thing to be such and such. There are different ways of, I mean, looking at, I mean, arriving at mithyatum of the world. And therefore, maya mayatvataha, everything is maya, it is really maya, so how this energy, which is non-tangible, how does it become tangible matter, I mean it's maya. And so, uh, everything is maya that way, and this was all discussed in this chapter itself. He started saying, can you explain this human being? This fellow, he just uh, starts with a drop, with a cell or whatever it is, you know, with egg or sperm or whatever it is, nobody can suspect that that egg and sperm is walking and talking and doing all kinds of things here is just inexplicable. Or he also gave another illustration that such a huge tree as a banyan tree and what is the nature of the seed of the banyan tree? Just a little one. The banyan tree seed is what? Atomic in size. And this atomic little seed contains within itself this huge tree is just beyond, beyond understanding. So in his own way he explained the inscrutability or, you know, the maya mayatvam of this creation, that you can't really explain. And more or less it is true, that still this phenomenon cannot, even as we, as we heard the other day, that even you still do not know quite how this eye sees the things as they are, because the lens in fact only sees things inverted, and somehow there is a mechanism by, somehow there is a process by which 
what is uh, it is again turned back and you see things uh, are not inverted correctly well even if that is just one simple thing the idea is that more and more we look into things these things appear to be amazing and mind boggling and, and and fantastic whatever words you use but ultimately we have no words in terms of wonder in terms of wonder also but in terms of inexplicability inscrutability wherever you touch that's what it is inscrutable therefore it is a maya mayam everything is nothing but of the nature of maya maya mayam is maya swarupam that's the nature of everything and therefore it is asat there is maya meaning which cannot be scrutinized cannot be defined cannot be categorized is unreal yeah the sad bhasamanam tanmithya swapna gajadivat as this author also said earlier that that is non existent and still appears is known to be maya mithya swapna gajadivat like in the dream we see elephants and mountains and rivers which are not really there and still they appear to be there therefore they are called mithya and this is how the whole universe is tena <coughs> tena means what footnote number 2 dvaitasya maya mayatvena since dvaita the duality is of the nature of maya therefore vastavam advaitam there has to be something vastavam vastavam means real there has to be something real in this creation and there are two categories dvaitam and advaitam two categories are there either one or both of them can be real okay now we first took the dvaitam first scrutiny or analysis to determine whether it is real or not and we find that in this dual in this world of duality wherever we look it is all of the nature of maya and therefore the duality is not real and therefore advaitam vastavam what remains parisheshat parisheshat means by the law of elimination by the rule of elimination advaitam which remains has to be accepted as what vastavam look at the footnote number 3 that he explains we know this what is what is meant by the parishesha or the rule of elimination says prapta dvaita pratishede anyatra adivyaptirahityat shishyamane advaide sampratyaha nischayah parisheshah this is the standard definition of parishesha parishesha means residual or what remains by elimination prapta dvaita pratishede so dvaita we were now looking for satyam reality there were two categories dvaita and advaita when you scrutinize dvaita we find it to be what mithya and therefore there is pratishedha or negation of dvaita from the category of satyam anyatra ativyapti rahityat if the same law cannot be applied to another category namely dvaita shishyamane advaite sampratyah nischayah advaitam that remains as a process of elimination there the ascertainment that it is real this is this nyaya is called parisheshah nyaya of elimination so yatha dasha purusha samuhe ekena prashtam there were 10 people assembled there 10 pe- men were assembled there and somebody asked a question to somebody the bystander eteshu kah raja of this fellows who is the king you know the 10 fellows are sitting there who is the king among them tada kenachit pumsa by someone who the bystander nayam raja napiyam this is not the king this is not the king not even this not that also not this in this manner iti navanam pratipurusha nishede krute 
Many nine of them, each one of these nine is thus then nishere krute. Each one of them is eliminated as not being king. Parisheshat dashamo raja siddhatvat. Then one who remains, the tenth one, is raja or the king. Because we know that there is a king. And therefore when a nine fellows are declared to be not kings, you don't have to then say that this is king. It automatically, so there is no need to declare that person to be king because the nine persons are already declared not to be kings. Similarly also we know that there is Vastavikta or reality. And two, two things claim to be real, Dvaita and Advaita. When Dvaitam is proven to be unreal, well by Parishara, by the law of elimination, the remainder namely Advaita is, is real. And that's how the reality of Advaita is proven. <coughs> Same thing is given here. Prasakta Pradeshede Anyatra Aprasangat Shishimane Sampratyaha Parishesha. Tikakara gives his definition of Parishesha. Same. Prasakta Pratishede. Prasakta means there is a prasanga or occasion. That Dvaita and Advaita both can be real. Pratishede, when one of them is eliminated, Anyatra Aprasanga, therefore, in the other one there is no prasanga or occasion for elimination. Shishimane in the remainder, Sampratyaha, meaning Samyag Nishayaha, that the Nishaya of the ascertainment, that the remainder is real, this is the Parishesha. And so we can only see the non-reality of Maya, of, of Jagat. And therefore, we arrive at the reality of Advaita, Advaita. <coughs> How do you do that? Parishesha Prakarameva Darshayati. This Prakara, the method of how to eliminate Dvaita and how to arrive at the reality of Advaita is being demonstrated here in verse 246. Achintya Rachana Rupam Mayaiva Sakalam Jagata Itinishchitya Vastutvam Advaite Parisheshyatam Achintya Rachana Rupam Maya Eva Sakalam Jagat. We already discussed this. Sakalam Jagat Achintya Rachana Rupam. What is Achintya? Achintya. Achintya, achintya Rachana Rupam Yasya Tattathavidam meaning Achintya Rachana Rupam. The Rachana means whose creation or whose, uh, whose nature cannot be Achintya, cannot be ascertained, cannot be comprehended by the mind is called Achintya Rachana Rupam. You cannot comprehend the nature of a given thing. This is called Achintarachanarupam. Sakalam Jagat, the whole creation is like that. Maya Eva. It is Maya meaning Mithya Eva. Maya means Mithya here. So the whole Jagat is Mithya. It is Anena Prakarena. Anirvachaniyatvat. Mithyatvam Daitasya Nishchitya. In this manner, having ascertained the Mithyatvam, the unreality of the Dvaita duality, Vastavam Advaitam Parisheshitam. So Parisheshana Jnayatam. You know that Advaitam is Vastavam. In this manner, may you ascertain the reality of Advaita, having ascertained the non-reality of Advaita. This is the idea. <coughs> okay, then this discussion is over. Now another kind of discussion is taken up. So, how Advaita is not opposed to Advaita? So, Advaita is Abadhyam, that cannot be negated, while Dvaita is something that can be negated. Dvaita is that which is Mithya, Advaita is Satyam, and 
that as that is ascertained in this discussion now having ascertained that advaita alone is real brahman alone is real then here some practical difficulties about that nanu evam advaita nischaye kritebi punah punah advaita satyatvam purvasanaya bhati he says it is all right that when we listen to this then everything becomes very clear advaita nischaye kritebi in this manner when we arrive at the ascertainment that advaita alone is real but then punah punah when we are, there, there is an impact upon of the teaching there is an impact of the scriptures and the teaching and at that time we see that advaita alone is real advaita is mithya but punah punah moment i walk out of the class as i say you know then advaita mithyatvam satyatvam purvasanaya bhati our purvasana is meaning our previous habit there is a habitual error habitual thinking error so there is a habitual pattern already built into our mind and that is what giving reality to what we perceive giving reality to the duality is a have a pattern which is very deeply rooted in our system and therefore like moss it comes back so when like the surface of the water covered by the moss when we remove that moss momentarily we see the things clearly we see the water clearly we see our face also clearly there but moment you remove your hands that moss again comes and covers the water and similarly also there is a momentary clarity in our mind when we are exposed to the teaching but again when we go back into our vyavahara same rut same kind of conclusions and same reactions again return purva vasanaya on account of the earlier vasana vasana means habitual habit habitual error in this or habit so mind is a habit of thinking in a certain way it is mechanical so there are certain built in mechanisms where you don't even think and you respond so when you think and then respond well that is called deliberate response but when you respond without thinking it is called mechanical response and that is because of the built in habit or a built in pattern moment somebody tells me something i retort right away moment somebody gives me a slap i give back or what you know like this when somebody does something when i experience it immediately the response comes even without thinking how does that response come it comes because of a built in pattern that alone is what we call vasana or the habitual patterns of thinking now they come back again and again because they are so strong while advaita vasana or this this kind of thinking is still it is not very deeply rooted and so iti ashankya tan nivrutte punah punah mithyatvam vicharaye dityah then how will you eliminate that habit of giving reality to the world and reality to all the problems and that the world creates how will you become free from that punah punah mithyatvam vicharaye may you again and again see the mithyatvam of this jagat that's the idea there is no other way <coughs> see the verse 247 
Yoga also can be looked upon by the Vedantins as a diversion. That if you draw your mind and you concentrate and you gain a certain experience, and that is how you turn your back from the duality, which is fine. But again, when you come back to the duality, you have the same difficulty in relating to that. And therefore, we have to settle account with the duality properly. You cannot escape it, you cannot distract your mind from it. And so all these different pursuits of all these seeking pleasures from the sensuous objects is all nothing but an attempt to distract our mind. That's all. It's to run away from ourselves or the problems or whatever it is. And so the only way to deal with this is to educate the mind because problem is ignorance. Problem is the wrong thinking or the erroneous thinking that is the result of ignorance and there is no other problem. So if you can, if you avoid the problem, then it will come back again. And so, when you find your mind, when you find your mind giving reality to the world and the problems of the world, then address the mind and may the mind, may you make the mind see the mithyatma of the jagat or the relativity of the jagat and the mithyatma of the problem. Something that is created by the mind. And ultimately even what is created by God, namely this also is mithya. So we have to see that even our Jiva Srishti, of course, is Mithya. But Ishwara Srishti also is Mithya. But Ishwara Srishti does not create problem if the Jiva Srishti is not there. So it is Jiva Srishti meaning the projection of the individual mind that superimposes different uh, aspects upon the creation of the Lord and then the creates conflict or the problems. And so, Parishila, Punah Parishila, may again see the, the mithyatvam or the unreality of the world and may you educate your mind again and again. <coughs> Kovatra prayasaha. What is the problem here? What is the exertion there? In fact, that is what is good. You know, that takes seems to be very difficult. Again and again, make the mind see the, the, the mithyatvam or the dvaitam seems to be very difficult. It should be the other way around. Every time you see the mithyatvam or the jagat, it will give you a release, you see. The thing is, when you see that the problem is mithya, then you are free, you are released, so there cannot be any exertion. Exertion is in fact in, 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 in Dvaita alone. So there is a moment, any moment I give reality to the world or reality to duality, there is exertion. Because there is a sense of division. It makes me feel a limited being, an isolated being, so there is an exertion. In fact, when you make the mind see the mithya or the Dvaita, then it is free from exertion. So, ko prayasaha, rough prayasaha. What is the problem here? What is the exertion? Then, tena tevada, tena ko vatra prayasaha tevada. What is the prayasaha? What exertion? See the mithyatam, the exertion itself, as a matter of fact, you know. And so, there should be no exertion in this. There should be only relief. So, avrutti asakrit upadesha. This is Brahma Sutra. In the final chapter, in the final quarter, avrutti asakrit upadesha. 
उपनिषद This teaching repeated again and again. Iti chatur sadhyaya atmanaha sharmanadi avatanasya vhitatvat. And thus, Bhadarayana, who is he, the one who has composed this Brahma Sutra, is telling us that sharmanadi avatanam vhitam. He in fact enjoins that a seeker of knowledge must repeat sharmanadi. Repeat sharmanadi means one must expose one's mind again and again to this teaching sarvanam mananam niridhasanam vyasena iti bhava therefore we say that that is the way to do we have to expose our mind again and again alertness is required when we it is self forgetfulness sort of we forget because the old habits we almost forget what you learned very often the wisdom is there But wisdom does not come to uh, to help when the time comes because some other some other impulse takes over the impulse of anger or frustration or sadness something takes over me and all my wisdom just is relegated to background. So also all the wisdom I have of the scriptures is all relegated to background when my impulse takes over me. At time we have to be alert and make the mind see again and again the mithyatma of the duality. That's the idea. <coughs> Kiyantam kalamittam vicharaniyam. He is asking, how long should we do this? Kiyantam kalamittam vicharaniyam. How long? For how long should we do this? Again, I mean, you know, how long should we listen? How long should this go on? This is another problem people have. For years, Swami, I have been listening to Vedanta. How long should I listen to Vedanta? Ityashankya tatra paroksha vidyaptav vicharoyam samatpade. In the very same chapter, this question was answered. Aparoksha vidya aptav, when you gain the aparoksha jnanam, meaning direct perception or direct immediate knowledge, ayam vicharaha samatyate, then the vichara has done its work and then there is no need for further vichara. Until then, you keep on doing it. They ask the question, how long should I dig the well? Until you get water, that's all. What else? How long should I go on? Until you get water. When you get water, there is no need to further dig further. 
And then even there will this question also will not be there, how long should I take? And so until you come to know your soul as Brahman, or you know everything as Brahman, until then this must be continued. Iti vichara kala avadehe. But there is an avadhi. There is a limit. Or there is a point up to which this vichara. Vichara means shravanam, mananam, nididhyasaram. All of these three com- comprise what we call vichara. Understand? So the shravanadi avartanam. Or the repetition of shravanam, etc. must be continued up to that point. There is an avadhi up to that point. Na advaita vicharoyam khedo vichare ayam khedaha yuktaha. And therefore, don't feel bad. He's, he says, how long am I going to have to do this? As though there is some problem there, as though some exertion is there. He says, I am khedaha, advaita vichare, na yuktaha. This kind of a kheda, or, or this kind of a disparity, despair rather, should not be there in the, in the contemplation of advaita. You should have despair with the advaita. How long is this going to remain with me? That should be the question. How long do I have to do this? That's not the question. That shows that you want to hold on to this and somehow Advaita Vichara seems to be a problem. So this shows what samskaras are there of this life. People say, I don't want to become free from the cycle of birth and death. I want to come back again. Give me that moksha that I, am, I come back again and still I am free. That shows the fascination for this kind. It does not mean recognize that this birth and death is a process of limited existence. And that you are in fact striving to become free from that. And so also, how long shall I do this vichara? Then what do you want to do? No, I want to remain with Dvaita. How do you? Because remaining with Dvaita, giving every moment I give reality to duality, there is problem. There is suffering. We may not recognize it. But there is a Shruti. In the background, suffering is always there. Every moment we give reality to Dvaita. Because moment duality is given reality, of course I feel I am a limited person. Because world limits me. And any, every moment that I feel I am a limited person, I cannot be happy. If I feel I am happy, it is merely either self-forgetfulness or merely psyching myself up that I am happy. Nothing else. That happiness is making myself believe that I am happy because a sense of limitation and happiness cannot go together. That we discussed yesterday. So, why are you asking this question? What is your problem? How long should I do this? How long should I be happy? Can there be a problem? There cannot be. And so Advaita Vichara always makes you free. As we say at every moment, anytime you discover a notion as a notion, you are free. And who doesn't enjoy freedom? So, Advaita Vichara, I am Khedaha na yuktaha. Kindu Advaita Pratibhasa eva yuktaha. Your question should have been other way around. The Kheda or the, 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 the complaint or this kind of a despair should be there only in the perception of duality, not in the Advaita Vichara. <coughs> that is being said in verse 2 4. This is his, his sense of humor is, is expressed in, in this manner here. Kiyantam kalamiti ched Kedoyam dvaita ishyatam Advaita tuna Advaite tuna yuktoyam Advaite tuna yuktoyam Sarva nartha nivaranad Sarva nartha nivaranad Kiyantam kalam, how long should I study scriptures? How long should I attend classes and so on and so forth, you know? People get tired. When you get tired, that means that you are not learning. Because this can never be tiring, this should always be fresh. But... Uh, and it, one can get tired, I mean, that there may be a different kind of a situation. But generally, 
uh, Vedanta can, should always be refreshing because every time sarva anartha nivaranat. Listening to Vedanta, Vedanta is only place, only science or only scripture that says you are Brahman. You are limitless, you know. Says, I say that you are limitless. Can you improve upon that? You, see. you are Ananda, you are limitless, you are Brahman. Now who doesn't want to hear this? When you go out in the world, you are said you are miserable, you are wretched, you are this. That's what you, ke- are, you listen constantly in the world. And the only place where you listen that you are beautiful, you are fine, you are simple, you are, you are limitless. Now where is the Kheda in this? And so how can there be any problem in this? Sarva Anartha Nivar. In this creates problem, there is some real serious problem. If listening that I am limitless also makes me sad, there must be something else, you know. But otherwise, Sarva Anartha Nivaranat. So, so listening to scriptures, all this inquiry based on Upanishad Vedanta, every moment I subject my, expose myself to this Anartha Nivaranam. Every moment I am exposed to my own beauty and I am exposed to a fallacy of all the problems in life. Every moment I see, every moment I discover, as I said, a notion, as a notion, there is freedom. Vidyate Rudek Granthi. All the knots of the heart, all of them are cut asunder. So, knots are nothing but this ahankara, mamakara, and all kinds of ragadveshas arising from them. And these ragadveshas will not go unless we scrutinize the subject them to vichara. How will they go? So that's why, by doing other practices, you know, we can get things. You can get comfort, you can get name and fame, you can get some experiences, you can get all kinds of things. But the misconception, the erroneous notions will never go unless error is seen as an error. There is no magic or there is no chamatkara by which, you know, uh, the ignorance will go. Ignorance will only go by knowledge. And knowledge can only come by vichara or inquiry. And so, that is why this pra- there is an opposition on the part of the Vedanta teachers to too much preoccupation with practices. Because when you are practicing many upasanas or yoga, etc., you are looking for something. Because you still have a value for what you gain as a result of upasana or what you gain as a result of yoga. There is still a value. Because yoga or kriya gives you certain experience. Upasana also gives you certain experience. Or performing certain kind of actions gives you certain results, which again give you some experiences. So that shows a value for a certain kind of experience. Whenever you engage yourself, in, uh, in any kind of practices. If you think that the practice is going to help you or solve the problem, if a practice is done because it's a means of knowledge, it's a different thing. So performing action as yoga and making it a means of knowledge is fine. But performing action for the sake of action, yoga for the sake of yoga, if yoga is done as a means of knowledge, that I will have my body which is in harmony, my breath which is in harmony, my mind which is in harmony, with that I can understand the scriptures better, fine. Upasana, karma yoga, pranam, everything is fine. As long as we understand their place, that they are all means, not ends. But when I adopt them as ends, that shows that I do not have a proper perception of the problem. So that should be a perception of the problem. The problem is one of ignorance. And knowledge alone can solve it. And knowledge can occur only by vichara and not by any kind of a chamatkara. There cannot be some kind of a miracle by which I come to know. By miracle you can see something, all right, but by miracle you cannot see yourself. No miracle can reveal Atma to me. By miracle I can experience something other than me. I can never discover myself to be limitless because limitless can never be perceived. And therefore, it is not a matter of perception, 
it is a matter of understanding. So where the misunderstanding is, namely mind, that is where the understanding has to be brought, and that can be done only by vichara. So kyantam kalam if you are asking the question, how long should I do this? It seems to express some kind of a despair on your part. Khedoyam dvaita isyatam. That kind of, you should be, have despair with the dvaita. You should be anxious to be freed from that. Whenever I going to be freed, if you ask that question, I can understand. How long do I have to do? That just doesn't make sense to us. Advaitetuna yuktoyam. This kind of a khedaha or this despair is not proper in, with reference to advaita. Why? Sarva anarthanivaranat. Because advaita is that which eliminates all distance, which eliminates all division, which eliminates the sense of limitation. That's advaita. And so who doesn't want that? So limitation is anartha, division is anartha, and all that is eliminated by advaita, and therefore there is no reason why you should have this kind of despair. So therefore, sanishchayana yoktavya yogo anirvinna chetasa in the sixth chapter, Lord Krishna said, tam vidya dukkha-sanyoga vyogam yoga-sanyitam. Here, Arjuna, what is known as yoga is in fact dukkha-sanyoga, vyogam. There Lord Krishna defines yoga in just an opposite manner. Yoga is defined as yoga. Yoga means joining. In fact, we don't have to join with anything. We already are joined with something. We are joined with what? Dukkha. Already the Atma is joined with Dukkha. And therefore, this joining him from Dukkha alone is a kind of yoga that we have to achieve. Dukkha sanyoga vyogam yoga sangitam nam vidyat. Therefore, this yoga is nothing but yoga from Dukkha. And who doesn't want that? Anirvinna chetasa, without any despair or disappointment or frustration, may you persist on this yoga. Because it sarva anartha nivaranat, or dukkha sanyoga vyogat. Because this yoga is the nature of vyoga or separation from association, dissociation from the association with misery or suffering. Meaning, it is freedom from suffering, and therefore this yoga must be pursued. <coughs> Nanu evam advaita atma tattva parokshu jnanavati abhimai shutpipasa anarsasya paridushyamanatvat anartha nivaragatvam atma jnanasya asidhnamiti shankade. Sarva anartha nivaranat earlier was said that this atma jnanam, the knowledge of the self that is non-dual, eliminates all anartha, all suffering. He says, I don't think so. I continue to have suffering. He says, see, nanu evam Advaita Atmatattva Aparoksha Jnanavati Abhimai. I am the one who now, I am the one who is possessed of the Aparoksha Jnanam or the immediate knowledge of Atma. Even I who is such, Shutpipasa Anarthasya Paridvishyamanatva, still experience hunger and thirst. And hunger and thirst is itself is an anartha. It is suffering. So this suffering in the form of hunger and thirst continues to remain in me who is the one possessing the direct or immediate knowledge of Atma. Therefore, anartha nivargatvam atma asiddham. How do you say that atma jnanam or the knowledge of the Atma eliminates all suffering? Atma jnana also does not eliminate suffering of the nature of hunger and thirst. So, what, what has atma jnanam achieved? I still have the same problems. And therefore, you say that Atma Jnanam, knowledge of the Atma, eliminates all suffering. Here I find that it does not eliminate. It is Shankara. So, that is in verse 249. <coughs>
क्षुत्पिपादयो दृष्टा यूर्व मयी चेद मच्छब्दवाच्येहंकारे दृश्यो वे क्षुत्पादयो दृष्टा यथा पूर्व मई आई एम स्टिल हंग्री एंड थर्स्टी सो वेन आई वॉज इग्नर एंड हंगर एंड थर्स यूज टू बॉदर मी नाउ दैट आई एम एनलाइड एंड स्टिल हंगर एंड थर्स कंटिन्यू टू बॉदर मी एंड हंगर एंड थर्स स्टैंड फॉर ऑल पैर्स ऑफ ऑपोजिट सीता एंड उष्ण हीट एंड कोल्ड एंड देन सुख दुख प्लेजर एंड पेन मान अपमान देन ऑनर एंड डिजॉनर ऑल ऑफ दिस कंटिन्यू टू बी देर they continue to torment me and therefore what has this atmagyanam achieved so anarthas have not yet gone away it is a this is your question then we have to ask you this the tikagara says ke machchabdavache ahankare drushyante uta machchabda upalakshade chiratmani please tell me who is this fellow is hungry and thirsty is machchabdavache The ahankara or the eye notion, the sense, the individual who is what we call the vachyas of aham shabda. Vach shabda means this aham. So one who is the vachyas or the immediate meaning of I, this ahankara or this individual, is he the one who is suffering from hunger and thirst? Kimva uta vach shabda upalakshite chidatmani, or are the hunger and thirst in chidatma the awareful being? Who is implied meaning of the word I? So immediate meaning of the word I is this ahankar, the individual. The implied or the real meaning of the word I is what we call. So that in the seventh chapter, mukhya and gauna, it reverses there. Say that mukhya meaning of I or the immediate meaning of I is ahankara. Gauna meaning of the I or the the secondary meaning of I is this chidatma because it's not I in the real sense. There is no individuality in the real sense. Therefore, you can say, or only a few people know that meaning. While well, everybody knows this meaning, and therefore, all that. If who is suffering from hunger and thirst? Is ahankara suffering from hunger and thirst, or the awareness? It is vikalpya, having this vikalpa meaning, these options. Adhim angi karoti. The first one is accepted by the siddhanti. Machchabdavache ahankare drushyantam. Is all right. May you see this fact that the one who is suffering from hunger and thirst is this machchabdavachya ahankara. The ahankara of the individual who is the immediate meaning of the word I, that is the one who is suffering from hunger and thirst. Not dvitiya, but not the real one. Tasya asangatvat avishetvat chaiti bahihiyeva drastavyam. So not the other one, because tasya asangatvat, the chiratma or the atma is the nature of awareness. He is unconnected, unassociated in any way. And therefore, he cannot be connected with hunger and thirst. Avishetvacha, and you cannot know him anyway. Means you can't see him. Have you seen a hungry and thirsty atma? You cannot. So, atma, hungry and thirsty atma cannot be because he cannot be connected with, joined with hunger and thirst. Nor can he be known as hungry and thirsty as such because he is not a vishaya or not an object of knowledge. And therefore. मच्छब्दवाचे अहंकार दुष्यंताम नैदिको हु सेज नो इफ यू से दैट द अहंकार इज सफरिंग फ्रॉम हंगर एंड थर्स वी से यस 
We don't say, no? Who says that ahankar is not suffering? But we are talking about that Atma who is Chiratma. And he is Asanga and therefore there is no hunger and thirst in Chiratma. May you know this. So the, therefore, knowing yourself as Chiratma frees you from all the suffering. Suffering which actually belongs to the Upadi. And therefore, as a sensation, it continues to remain even with the wise man. Except that the ignorant person superimposes a sensation upon Atma and concludes that Atma is suffering, while the wise man knows that the suffering belongs to the Upadi. That's the only difference. And so pain will remain identically in both the cases, except in one there is a tremendous fear and all other kinds of reactions, while those reactions are not there in case of wise man. So, whoever he is, the old age, the disease, the death, all of these are there. They are all the properties of the body, attributes of the body. And they will be there even for the wise man's body. And therefore the pain that you and I suffer is also the pain suffered by a wise person. The only thing that when I have pain, I get panicked. What will happen to me now? Ah, I will never be recovered. Now I will go, do this will happen. All kinds of fear comes to me. That fear is not there because the pain is recognized for what it is. It belongs to the body. It belongs to the mind or whatever it belongs to, it doesn't belong to I. And so there is no superimposition, that's all. That phenomenon remains, superimposition is not there, that's how we are there. <coughs> okay. Om Puranamadas Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavandau Punapunaha Ishvaro Gururatmevi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti Shanti Shanti